to another episode of Family Gems, where we share fun family stories. Very wholesome, hopefully. Uh, I am Suba Agarwal. This is my lovely co-host. Hey, I'm Valerie Tassi. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, he is a very funny stand-up comedian with two albums out, Angry and Alone and Dead and Gone. He is also a chef uh, with a chicken pop-up barbecue pop-up that you should check out why are you laughing at me <laughs> I, I, I just thought it was a very good uh, it's, it's got a it's got a chicken it's got a chick, chicken pop-up yeah <laughs> pop up. wings audience uh, at, audience at home i want you to know that this guest we're introing is suba's soon-to-be husband and she does not know what business he is running <laughs> well that's actually uh the price for doing this podcast is her hand in marriage that's, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a good deal Oh no, my god. Nobody, nobody asks for a hand in marriage anymore. That's why I was glad <laughs> to get one of those in, you know? Oh yeah. Your hand in marriage. <laughs> oh. oh god. That's what oh. happens. Right? Like a podcast, everyone thinks that there's been this big resurgence that everyone likes podcasts. No. Nope. We still have to give out betrothals to get guests on. <laughs> uh, jokes was, on him. Oh, you was... a, a podcast series. That's <laughs> Uh, my diary is a loose bag of jelly beans that I found on the couch, so you're welcome. <laughs> I like the idea of a tight bag of jelly beans. He's going to leave me for a young bag of jelly beans one of these days. Oh. I can't help whether my jelly beans got loose in my old age. <laughs> oh my God. Shut This is already unhinged, and I get, people at home, you're in for a treat. <laughs> They're recording in separate rooms of the house right now. Uh <laughs> Sean was trying on multiple hats before we started. Uh, well, I, I was it, showing off multiple hats. I've already tried oh. them on before. This is my first hattie, hat rodeo. That, well, I can't. You said that you were showing them off, but I don't know if anybody here was impressed. <laughs> depressed. I, I got like depressed. Is like, that close? <laughs> it's like one of those birds dance for attention from the other bird. But like, it's like the most dramatic dance where the other bird's just like, look, I don't really, I'm not... I got, I got a podcast to host. I can't really be here. Just walks away, despite my amazing performance. Yeah, it's like I was going to go out with you, but now you're just being weird. <laughs> you know how hard it is to carry all these hats out here? I look like a damn magician just walking around with a box of props. <laughs> you, look, you look like a southern magician, though, because they're like all like Georgia-related hats. That's the only difference is like when you do the trick, you can't say like Alakazam, you have to say I say, I say. That's the only difference. <laughs> in the Are you Foghorn <laughs> Leghorn? Well, yeah. I wish I could be. That guy's famous. <laughs> 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 you imagine the kind of audience reach that guy has? Uh, can you imagine Foghorn Leghorn at Magic Castle? <laughs> <laughs> Just him and Neil Patrick Harris doing rope tricks. <laughs> oh, I, I say, I say. Uh, this is okay uh, <laughs> so oh did you cat knock something over yeah that was exactly what that was was my cat destroying my house which is fine her choice oh um, that's that's super uh, that's super bragging that her cat is still alive because oh yeah no that cat. was my cat just enjoying her heartbeat and her soul that's what she was doing. oh my god uh, my cat passed away a couple weeks ago, and I may or may not have to put a pause on the podcast because his remains are being delivered, which is the saddest fucking thing to say. I know. Oh, it's not going to take that long. It's just a cat. It can't be more than like a, a cup. You know what I mean? Sure. It can't be that. But, I mean, if a human being is like, a, like an urn size, you can't tell me a cat isn't like going to fit in the palm of your hand. Oh, Jesus hi, Christ. Hi, I would like 12 ounces of orange tabby, please. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an ice cream flavor, though. That does sound like a sherbet that you could get. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you said taffy, right? I was like, no. <laughs> no, no, I said that's tacky. <laughs> oh, God. I miss him so much every day. Uh, is he? Look at him. Can you see him? He's watching over us behind us. <laughs> Are you um you're you so you didn't turn him into jewelry? I know people do that sometimes. I with like pet have sashes. not ruled it out. I'm waiting yeah. for him to return, and then apparently I have to find like something to put his ashes in, uh, which is so you're not gonna like weird. sprinkle it over the litter box or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. 
thing is like I there's a, like two options on the site for like animal like cremation, like what to do with it. Like you can either have them return to you or they will <laughs> spread their ashes at sea. And I'm like, what cats hate mostly hate water. Why would you spread them at sea? Also, that seems like mind, the Oh do you mind if I, I ask, how much should they charge you to to burn a cat? Uh well it's it's included in the euthanasia. So for the vets to come to the house and do it, Wait, you know, you in the privacy. The of, euthanasia take care of them. Yeah, because he was he was like twenty. He was in his twenties, so he was probably about mm. twenty years old. And he he it was time. He was like hiding, you know, like the stuff where they are telling you like they're ready. It was really sad, and he was he couldn't like jump up, and he wasn't eating, and all this stuff. But uh, so they came <laughs> you to come the house. And he's like, I'm really thinking about traveling lately. I've been. Why you come in? Your cat's writing your will. <laughs> How, how's it le- it's letting you know that it's ready and it's just no. like oh I, I think it's oh. probably wrapped up my affairs it gives you its inheritance early like, it's just like suddenly has well, like five dead mice that it's been storing its entire life just at your door <laughs> actually I was wondering I want you if to you have my whole be, collection I was wondering if you could be present for the reading of the will and and his catnip collection goes to, but uh, <laughs> but yeah they so they came to the house so it's like all included so to answer your question it is seven hundred dollars to do Damn. this and uh, ain't worth every penny honestly because if yeah. I'm gonna cry like a lunatic I'd rather do it at home than uh, probably in a parking lot because a lot of vets aren't even letting you like in the vet. Any still are you kidding me? No, no I tell you, even when I yeah. took uh, Corbin no, to the vet you had to wait outside. But I mean, yeah. to like put your pet down, you should. That's crazy. Yeah, I saw. I, I was joking because I was doing do recon. Do you really want to watch the light fade from its eyes? I don't God, understand. Sean, yeah, yeah to I did. Goodbye. I did. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. well, that's the thing. It's like you're there to for, to comfort them too, so they know that they're yeah. not alone. Right. You know. Well, um, I tell you what. Next time, uh, if this happens again. Uh, I'll make you a deal. Four hundred. <laughs> He's like, hey, if you decide to kill your cat, and I'll again, let you, then... <laughs> and I'll let you, I'll let you watch the whole thing, and uh, you know, I'll burn it. Whole, oh whole my yards. god! Four hundred dollars. That's a good deal. Um, if people listening don't know, Sean is very morbid because uh, something about Sean, his whole family has passed away. So death is very. Oh, that mean that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I gave I'm... a good deal. <laughs> Women be I'm shopping. Just... I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm just trying to ease the audience into death for this episode by starting with a small pet, <laughs> and then we'll get to Sean's entire family being dead. Uh, a spoiler but, alert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh god. My god. <laughs> Okay, well, you know what, Sean? Which member, which deceased member do you feel like talking about first? How about $300? Do I have any Sean. takers? Okay. <laughs> this is um, I know why there's a discount. It's because you know you can use whatever for the for the food truck. <laughs> yeah, also, I got, I, got a, I got a great deal on matches. This is <laughs> no, um, let's, oh, which one do I want to talk about? We can smoke them over Plank. It's going to be great. <laughs> Actually, I want to. I want to. I want to. I don't get to talk about this one very often. I want to talk about my uncle. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be uh, funny. He's actually it was in Natural Born Killers. So if any of you want to know oh. what my un- uncle looks like, there's uh, the opening of uh, Natural Born Killers. They kill everybody in a diner, and then there's two people left: uh, a waitress and a huge fat guy. And then they go, uh, <laughs> "Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a redneck by his toe. If he hollers, let him go." Uh, and like they make him say like they they choose that he's gonna live. They kill the waitress and they say we want you to say Mickey and Mallory Knox did it. Say it. And his one line in the movie is Mickey and Mallory Knox did it. And because of that one line, we got paid every time. Uh, you remember uh, VH1 did the I Love the Nineties? Yeah. And and I Love the Nineties Part Two. They play that clip. And my dad kept lying to VH1, saying he was alive for, like, a decade to be able to get the the royalty check for that one line. Oh, my God! That is the best scam! That's so funny! Oh, my 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 God! My dad had no problems being like, 
Let's just let this slide. Look, I need that 30 bucks that we're getting from VH1 for this. Uh, and the only reason why he was even in the movie was because he, he just happened to be in Costa Rica at the time. What? Would you, who happens to be in Costa Rica? What is your I uncle got, doing? I got a story for that. So, uh, but first let off... Let the man uh, just, speak, Suba. <laughs> uh, so as far as what he did... Uh, well, he mostly, so through one of his many marriages, uh, one of the, one of the, one of the fathers of one of these women gave him a bunch of land in, in Costa Rica, as you do as part of the, you know, you give your, you give your stepkids your land in Costa Rica and, you know, uh, so, but he went, he went out there and just kept trying to live off the land. But then some locals had, uh, made a fake deed and were trying to argue with them that it was actually their land and everything like that. So he was spending most of his time there uh, arguing over whether or not he in fact owned this land uh, in Costa Rica and was uh, starring in a bunch of uh, uh, Spanish novellas. And so his IMDb, you can look up, it has like uh, uh, Natural Born Killers on it. And then every other character is a, in it from a Spanish sitcom and his, all of his characters' names are Fat Guy, Fat American, oh the God. big American, the big Fat guy. Like, so almost every role that he played was fat this, fat that. Uh, so he was he was five foot one and about an over three hundred pounds, and he uh, was so so large uh, that one time he broke his ankle standing up. Damn. Like, That's brutal. Oh, I the know. poor guy. What, I know. One of, one of his bones fucking unionized on him. Like, right the second he tried to stand <laughs> oh up, God. there was a general God. strike of his joints. <laughs> and so uh, my whole childhood, I always knew him. He Because uh, oh. uh, also he'd gotten in a motorcycle accident on purpose to get out of Vietnam. So uh, his legs were like actually... It's a thing. And so he got in a motorcycle it sure accident. Is. And it And it, and it, and it uh, took his legs off, but they sewed him back on. Wait, and what? So, yeah, that's not it, a, that's, he's not Mr. Potato Head. That's not a sentence. They took his legs off and then sewed him back on. No, no, that's he, not he, a, they, they, they didn't take him off. The motorcycle accident took him off, but the doctors <laughs> put him back on. And so he always had like peg legs and walked with a cane because like his like feet they were there they were his you know they were his property but they were his original parts they just didn't like work the same since he did that to get out of the draft. Oh my god! Um, yeah, he, he had you're a lot making of your ball. uncle sound like like a bronco. They decided to rebuild. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, eventually, yeah, probably. Uh, it was, but um, is. Absolutely, love the shit out of that guy. He was crazy as fuck. Uh, and said so because his legs didn't work right, he would uh, whenever he, he'd always stay with my grandmother whenever he's back uh, from Costa Rica, and he would uh, he couldn't sit on the couch because his little feet would be dangling off because he's five foot one and he was so big. They're like little like they like they'd float. You know, like the stomach pushes them down and then the legs pop up and like so he would always sit in front of the couch instead. And he always sat in front of the couch, 300-something pound man with two little sticks sticking out. And he always had a gun holster on the entire <laughs> time. No shirt, no shirt, but an entire, uh, but, but a gun holster. And Look, I'm man, actually, he, he's got to protect his land. He's got to get... <laughs> so this guy, his nickname uh, was uh, Big Red. And he owned uh, 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 one of the first karaoke... or. or uh, one of the first country open mics in all of Nashville's history was actually his bar. He even owned part of the Cosmic Ballroom, which was uh, which he lost his stake in the Cosmic Ballroom um, to uh, Johnny Cash's writer. And um, the next day, the pole place got raided by the FBI. But so whenever he came back into town, one thing he would always do, uh, because one of his side hustles was selling jewelry, where... He'd bring the diamonds that he got from uh, Costa Rica and he'd sell them at higher prices when he was in America before going back. Where was he getting diamonds in Costa? Was he just like buying I wasn't them there. wholesale? They didn't, I, they don't, they don't, he didn't tell I me anything. I wasn't there. Is that, how they, <laughs> is that how they paid him for his telenovela role as fat American uh, number three? Him, just they, just gave, they just gave him a bag of jewels. <laughs> Maybe he found a, a lost city of gold. That was actually where he, but... Uh, it turned out he was an adventurer the entire time. No, uh, 
fucking Indiana Jones was my <laughs> was my uncle. Uh, no, but he would uh, come by and he would borrow uh, my our, our family car. It was a uh, like it was in the like ni- early nineties, like a station wagon with the wood paneling on the sides and everything like that. And yes. yeah, and he would uh, borrow that car. And then we lived in North Alabama at the time, and he'd drive to like Tennessee or someplace else to sell uh, his jewels, his precious <laughs> gems or whatever he had. I, again, he didn't even show me the jewels, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but I remember one time he uh, came back and the car had a bunch of bullet holes in it. And my dad was like really pissed. He was like, what the, what the fuck did you do to my, my car? It's got the, ble- the back window is shot out. There's bullet holes in it. What happened? And he said, I got robbed. Uh, <laughs> it was like, what? And he was like, yeah, a guy uh, came up, put a gun behind my head and uh, took my jewels and ran away. And I shot at him as he was running away. And he, and he was like, uh, my dad was like, you're supposed to hit him, though, not the car. <laughs> You shot, you shot. He shot his own car. He shot his own car trying to shoot the guy who had just robbed him. But he's like, he has a a 38 snub nose that, if anybody knows anything about guns, that's wildly inaccurate gun. uh, If you imagine if you're like in a hotel to the door to the parking lot, there's no way a guy, you're going to get a good shot off. So he's literally got a gun that's like, that big and just like shoots all over the place and he's like <laughs> like shooting and he all he does is fuck up our station wagon and bring it back and go whoops oh. I got robbed and then he's like I'm going back to Costa Rica and we just never heard from him like you wouldn't hear from him again for like a year or so and then he'd come oh back God. and do it again and it was always the he'd always just like the most random funny things where he just like always had a gun on him Almost never had a shirt on. Always a giant <laughs> red beard, and like just like hobbled around. Like it was like he looked. He was like a dwarf from like Lord yeah, of the Rings. That I would rob him too. That person clearly has treasure. Like <laughs> somebody. Oh, I, you want my treasure, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, people like that. I've I'm been always like this I, mountain. people like that i always wish that you could like go back in time and see what they were like as kids to like what led them to becoming that person you know what i mean like uh, oh i know i know my grandparents uh super nice to to him and always like loved him and everything like that uh but they were always uh telling my dad that he was a piece of shit and blah blah (laughs) and he'll never be good enough you're the second son. It doesn't matter. You're, you know. So my dad was always like trying to do things to impress his his parents, while wow. uh, this, this this piece of shit could do no wrong. Like, you any, see, any... that's what happens when you love your children. They take up space in Costa Rica, steal all the diamonds, come to Alabama, shoot out a station wagon. This is why you should never support your children. Okay, if you don't no. love them, they become lawyers and doctors. It's that's that's the thing. Well, actually, we thrive. I mean, we thrive. My... <laughs> The son that they didn't love became a lawyer. The son that they did <laughs> was running around selling jewels in Costa Rica as Fat American Number Two. Yeah, That's just pay so tracks. Just pay me in diamonds. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine having the balls to ask that. Where it's just like, how, how much would we like in residuals? One emerald. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so crazy. Because okay, so. Oh, that was your dad's brother. Yeah. So then, who? Okay. So who else is in your or was in your family circle? Because you weren't an only child, correct? That is correct. I had a, uh, a brother and two sisters, and oddly enough, a mom and a dad. And uh, <laughs> they, uh, sorry. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought your uncle just found you in Costa Rica, brought you back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were he my jewels the, the whole treasure. time. <laughs> the treasure was inside you. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, my, uh, brother, uh, uh, and my, my two sisters, uh, I think I was the youngest, so, uh, but my brother and sisters had gotten in so much trouble, uh, like my, my oldest sister, but the oldest of us had gotten arrested so many times that anything that me and my siblings, like, you, you couldn't. I couldn't piss my parents off really if even if I wanted to. Like because they're just like, 
they're just bored. They were disinterested because anything, any trouble I got into, they were like, I don't know, man, just yeah. don't be like her. Don't go to like, don't go to, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like you're, you're still statistically doing better. And so it's like, cause they were just, they'd already given up. Like they had already just gone like, oh, I don't see. know. No, until he no does wonder, worse than them. No wonder why you do comedy. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I went as low as I possibly could. <laughs> Actually, see, I that- was, I have been doing a performance since I was like a little kid uh, because that's one thing is uh, family history of uh, doing like uh, ballroom dance and other things like that. I then have to speak about uh, my, so my, there's a family tradition on my dad's side that every man had to uh, learn ballroom dance. And my dad, uh, when he took, his parents couldn't afford to put him in classes. So they said it because it was the seventies. They were like, if he, uh, if this man does uh, ballet, and because we need men for the ba- for ballet, then we'll let him take the ballroom classes for free. And so my grandfather agreed, and he got to take the classes. But then he ended up being really good at ballet, and they offered him a contract, and they went over to the house to uh, to offer it uh, uh, to to my because fa- you know he's under eighteen, so they had to like get uh, father's approval. Uh, to which my grandfather completely pulled him out of all dance and everything. He put him in the like, ballet. Wait, yes, and he's mad he's that the he's good at it. He's the one who put him in there and then starts, like, completely hates every single bit of it. Like, uh, there's, it becomes this weird, uh, you know, like, toxic masculinity of uh, uh, wondering whether, like, he, he must be gay or something like that. Which then, like, uh, which also, you know how, like, parents then try to do better for their kids. Then my dad was like, you're going to do dance and it doesn't mean <laughs> anything about your sexuality. And I was like, what? And, I, uh, you know, because like, I'm like... 10 and he's like you will <laughs> learn dance and you can be as whatever sexual orientation you're just like i don't know what you're talking like it doesn't matter how much you dance you're still straight and i'm like what what are you talking about like so there was this like weird juxtaposition he had with like you're gonna learn dance and prove that straight people can dance and it's like what 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 is anything like but then when i ended up getting really into performance he was like i hope he's not gay like you know it's like something where he actually ended up oh going full circle and doing the same crap, like, but he's the one who put me in cotillion, which is like Southern Gentleman School when I was a kid, to learn ballroom and everything like that. He put me in it, only then, when I started getting into theater and other forms of performance, that he's like, wait a minute. You're not, the, you're uh, not one of those, are you? And it's like, wait, what, what, come, you started this. You can't, you can't go back now. The idea of Sean White in cotillion is... Uh, <laughs> Oh, to be a fly on the wall, to be a debutante <laughs> with an open dance card. <laughs> oh my There's god! A, do, do they I'll, really I'll do that? They, they have dance cards at like cotillions and stuff, like Bridgerton. Well, Is that? We did, well, no, we they did used have. To. Uh, I don't know if they we, still we, do. We, we did have uh, balls where uh, uh, the 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 cotillion the debutantes. Or get together and have a, a ball, like, blah, blah, and they had to practice everything that they had learned in their own private uh, classes. So, like, you know, pulling out chairs, all that stuff, everything, which, uh, by the way, does not actually work in real life. Turns out if most most women know how to sit down on their own, don't really wait around for you to pull a chair out. <laughs> but uh, they teach you all, the, all that kind of stuff and all the, the dances, how to do it, to formally ask and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I still, uh, it took forever to, like, even break the habit of I said ma'am so much like just as a kid like just being trained to do it that eventually I started saying madam because I couldn't <laughs> break the habit to say ma'am and everyone would go like I'm not old and I'm like I wasn't calling you I just like it's a training thing uh, so I just started saying madam because I was like well I'd rather be eccentric then than rude if everyone's like offended by being called ma'am I'll just call I'll just say madam I was going to say, I think madam is worse because then you're like, ah, yes, I actually do run a house with several women in it that I am I know, it from. sounds like a burlesque house that you're like, excuse me, madam. Like, it, all you needed was a fedora with a feather in it and be like, okay, don't talk to this Don't, man. he He's- has one. He has one right there. Why are you, see, look what he's done. Excuse me, are you the established runner of this cat house? I say, I say. This I would like me two, two, two breasts and some pussy, please. I <laughs> to go. I, I'm a busy man. We're gonna get canceled. We're gonna get. Don't you see this feather in my cat? Right. 
<laughs> yeah, so I think we're so. gonna get canceled this from is, this episode, right? Yeah, this, this is, is this is this our is farewell it. episode. Hold on, I got... <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they, they they put me through that uh, performance stuff my entire uh, entire life. That's how I got into stand up was from doing theater and being so bad at memorizing my lines uh, that. <laughs> Uh, around, uh, when I was, I was doing it through college and like, uh, you know, like most plays you can kind of, if you, if you flub a line or you don't have something uh, verbatim, you can kind of like, uh, you can kind of make it up a little bit. But I'd be like doing like, I was bad. I would, I would try that even with Shakespeare. Which, uh, <laughs> you can't, you can't riff Shakespeare. That would piss off every director that I possibly had that was always like, what, you can't, I can tell that's not Shakespeare. Like you can't just... Just admit you don't know the fucking line, dude. And but like, <laughs> so going from that into stand-up, I was like, now I can say whatever I want, and no one can tell me that I got the line wrong. Like, so a rose was, by any other name would. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be pretty cool. Fly. <laughs> Insanity. Well, there is there is improvised Shakespeare, which is crazy because there's the improvised Shakespeare company. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, it is brilliant. Like because when you because like. Well, Good improv is really magical, but like, imp- like improvised Shakespeare is whole. Like they do an entire one act play of Shakespeare that's improvised, and it's crazy. But, but can I picture Sean doing that? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's funny to me is like the idea of like, what if we just took the part of Shakespeare, the iambic pentameter, uh, and uh, and and then got rid of all that other stuff, like the uh, the great writing. <laughs> that seems like, like exactly yeah. a great business plan. That's like the only good thing about Shakespeare is the writing. <laughs> do they go like, no, 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 but let's just do the funny talking rhythm. Let's just do that. That and I, like, I don't know. I Shakespeare always intimidated me. I can't imagine actually being in a production of anything that's Shakespeare because I, I don't think I could do it. I think I would fuck up the lines royally. Like, uh, it's, it's actually, uh, it is really hard to memorize at first. But if you actually have someone who tells you uh, what they actually what it actually means, like it yeah. breaks it down into like normal English for you, then it's it's real actually really easy. But the problem is when you first start doing it, you don't even know what you're saying. Like you're just yeah. like, oh, do betwixt my teeth, and you're like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, oh no no, he's got it stuck in his tooth. Oh okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> like, and then when you start to say it, it actually makes sense to you because like if you watch the um uh. Much, uh, much ado about nothing, I think, with uh, 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 Denzel Washington and the, the Shakespeare one. Fantastic. But then you can also see, uh, 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 who's the guy from John Wick? Keanu Reeves. He plays the villain, Don John. Awful job. And he has no idea what he's saying. And, and, I'm sorry, like you do not speak about Keanu like that, okay? Oh, Keanu's been fantastic in a million things, but he is bad at Shakespeare. That is something <laughs> like, as you, you know, like, if you want to just see, like, the difference between somebody who knows what they're saying and somebody who doesn't, in that same play, you can literally have all these actors, like uh, Kenneth Branagh and uh, Denzel Washington, they're all doing this amazing job where they're, it's Shakespeare, but they sound like they're speaking normal to you because they really understand what they're saying and they get the rhythm. But then uh, Keanu Reeves comes in and just goes like, "What fair doth God do?" <laughs> and you're like, "What the, what the fuck is this?" And he's playing the villain, so like he's supposed to be like a conniving kind of guy, but he keeps going, oh, 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 and then just like runs away. And you're like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like he just okay. not. Do you know this? Because I don't actually know the answer. Has Nicolas Cage ever been in Shakespeare? Because I feel like that would be a delight. <laughs> I do not. I do not know, but I think so because he did go to acting school, so he's probably uh, was put through it at one point in time. But also, given the fact that he got his name based off Luke Cage, the comic book character, I don't really know how well how much he would have. How I much feel like you would have put into that. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like Nicolas Cage could do a good job if he cared enough. But if he's just like, shit, I gotta pay off this dinosaur skull. It's gonna be really bad. Or if he's got to steal like a dinosaur skull to find the treasure of America. <laughs> I love. Um, did you guys see the um, the uh, the incredible weight? The, no, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, I loved it. Yes. However, I I would say uh, uh, the FBI agents like Tiffany Haddish and the other cop did. I know everyone. Pedro Pascal is great, and Nicholas Cage does a great job. But uh, Tiffany Hash and them just aren't in any way, shape, or fashion convincing police officers to me. Like where they're just like, "We're FBI agents, yeah." 
And like they have like where they like the guy that's with her all the time was just like <laughs> they just like they like they're just nodding their head and stuff like that and they're they just don't look like FBI agents in any way, shape or fashion to me. Like I don't know mm-hmm. but that that kinda of took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. There's um you were talking about the like actors playing stuff like Shakespeare and stuff like that. There was a, on the set of Loki, Tom Hiddleston uh looked over to Love Owen him. Wilson and uh looked over to Owen Wilson and he's like, <clears throat> Hey, you ever you ever played Hamlet before? And Owen Wilson was like, What? He was like, Have you ever Yeah and it, like you you ever played Hamlet before? And he was like, "Oh no!" Like he's not, and like just like we was it was Owen Wilson talking about the giant disparity between them as actors. Where Owen's like, "No, I I'm just a guy who goes wow and stuff." Like he's not, he's not, he's not Shakespearean trained, you know what I mean? Like and the fact that Tom Hiddleston was so innocent about it, and just like, so you've probably played Hamlet, right? Like, just like, that's gotta be like so sitting next funny. to Ian McClellan and like just thinking you're just like, oh, sure. I, I, I have a plate, yeah. plate, ha- lots of Hamlets. Oh, all the time. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Hamlet uh, yesterday. Little two, little three, little Hamlets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you and your English villages. Hamlets, cottages. Oh. I've played them all. Bungalows, <laughs> turkeylets. <laughs> but. <laughs> But tell us, uh, tell us more stories. So we heard about your uncle. Any other like super eccentric? Oh yeah, uh, that's that's not a problem. Uh, okay, I'll <laughs> tell you uh, 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 one or two stories about my uh, my my brother. This is actually really funny. Uh, so first off, back in the my brother was more, more of an uh, online nerd, and like uh, always talking with his friends. We had uh, those, those those chat programs you kids use and stuff like that. So. Um, where he was always always on the computer all the time, which I don't understand because like after you've been on the internet for like five minutes, what what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you just are you <laughs> it's just the devil's still, playground, man? Are, well, yeah, but I mean, if, if that's true, it's a very they could use some signs or something to tell me <laughs> where to go because I know I have the world at my fingertips. But like, if you give me five hundred million options, I'm just gonna go. Ah, I'm gonna go watch TV. Like I'm not gonna like do it. Like you know, but my brother would be like, could be on the computer for like all night and not even playing video games, not even like being like a gamer. Just like, did you like you know, looking up stuff? And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, but the one time he met a, uh, a lady, and he was going to, uh, and he had convinced her that he was blind and that he was using the Dragon uh, naturally speaking software, uh, the text to speech to text software to be able this is back when like even phones didn't have the speech to text like option or anything like that and you had to to get special software to do this kind of a thing and that he was using that and that he was actually a nice blind guy and eventually um you know uh eventually he's gonna go on a, a a date with this lady to meet him and he's like he gets one of his friends uh to drive him because obviously he's blind can't drive. Uh, gets one of his friends to drive him to the lady's house to meet her for the very first time, and to walk him up to the to the door, and knocks on the door. And the second uh, she opens it, he just yells out, "Christ, look at them titties!" <laughs> he did the whole thing for that one fucking joke. Oh my god! Wasted that lady's time <laughs> that whole time. Just to do a stupid gag like that, and they t- oddly enough, uh, he never told never told told me that he he, he did that. Uh, that 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 story was told at his funeral. So, oh in, my god! In case you're wondering if the if the shit you pull will come back, it may not haunt you, but will haunt everyone else that knew you. Everyone, all the funeral, every all the family members, and everything, all had to hear about how he scammed this young woman for a dumb gag. This poor lady, she was like, "Oh my gosh, she was not ableist at all. She was willing to open her heart." And then your brother just came up and was like, "Christ, look at them titties!" This poor woman, she's probably questioning every time she meets a blind person now because she's got so much baggage. Where she's like, "Oh really? Are you blind?" And now she's pushed a poor disabled person into traffic because of your brother yeah she's assaulting actual <laughs> blind people I mean, like my, she, brother's, you know, like, my brother's you dead know he, he got what he deserved i don't know what kind of punishment <laughs> he thinks he 
appropriate, but it's obviously been covered. He's not going out and fooling more women anymore. I just feel like, you know, like there's that like birds aren't real campaign. Like I guarantee you that when we started like blinds aren't real campaigns. Like I guarantee you. Oh my God. That's so insane. Wait, so how far away did he, from that incident (laughs) to when he passed? I need to know how long it took for karma to catch up. (laughs) Oh, that was was only about five years. Uh, oh, like pretty, fi- pretty good. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know if that's like like would be time served. I think at that point, <laughs> like I don't know if there's a bail for this kind of a thing. They didn't have to like take his whole heart with him. Like that's not, <laughs> <laughs> you play with someone else's now yours is mine. Yeah, well, something something tells me this might not have been the only incident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but luckily none of, the, none of the other ones got uh told at his uh funeral. Uh, <laughs> Oh. That's uh, I got another, another story. Uh, this is actually a story of why we moved to uh, to Atlanta from Alabama, uh, and it uh, involves uh, civil liberties and intrigue and explosions. That's a great story. <laughs> um, so I probably should. I love do, that you uh, started that like it was like an old radio hour. So it's like civil liberties, intrigue, coming this murder. Fall. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to your boosties, madams. We've got a story to tell. <laughs> If you want action, action, action. <laughs> um, so uh, this is what uh, my dad was, uh, was a computer engineer in, in Alabama. And then, uh, uh, but all his friends were uh, black, which uh, not a uh, not a big brag. But then uh, one of his friends got his car uh, asset seized. Where, like, uh, a cop just didn't like the fact that his friend Doyle had a, a nice car. And so when he pulled him over, sprinkles a little bit of weed in the floorboard of his car. And then, go, and then you know, like, in the 80s, that's enough to go, fuck you, I'm taking your car. Uh, and so they'd actually completely seize your car for the cost of that marijuana that he sprinkled. And that's what cops would do routinely when they saw black people owning things that they thought they shouldn't be allowed to own. Uh, and, uh, so he decided, fuck it, quit being an engineer and became a civil rights lawyer, specifically to defend his, uh, friends that were being, like, persecuted that way. Um, and, uh, eventually he got a case where the local city council in, in, uh, where I'm from in Alabama, where oddly enough, uh, the current, uh, house representative for my hometown, Mo Brooks, in case anybody knows that piece of shit, he, uh, he is the, one of the worst, he's the one who thinks there's a war on whites and one of the worst uh, conservative Republican <sighs> motherfuckers in the house. I was best friends with his son uh, when we were kids, and he used to uh, beat his son. But I uh, can't really go like public with that. But Mo Brooks, you're a stinker. Uh, beating my best friend right next to me because literally we tracked mud in one day when his boss was coming over for dinner. The most 50 shit. And so yeah. he decided to beat his son with a shoe. Oh, uh, so like, great guy. And uh, anyways, we were, uh, my, my dad was specifically arguing people like this that were rampant in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, that would just get away with that kind of shit all the time. But what they were doing is they were uh, pretty much they would send a bulldozer in to uh, any time a homeless encampment came up. So if you're homeless and you uh, tried to pop up a tent somewhere, even if it was on a federal property or something like that, they didn't care. They just bring a tow truck, and if you were inside, too bad. They would. Uh, they wouldn't stop to. What they do is oh they come gosh. by and drop flyers saying, "Tomorrow the bulldozer's coming. Be out or not, but it's coming." And then the next day they would just bulldoze the fucking whatever it was, and they didn't give a shit. And if they hurt you, they just yeah. send you to the hospital or drop you off at, outside the county lines and just say fuck off. And uh, my dad took the case for uh, representing the homeless shelters. Uh, and taught all of them how to collect evidence. So actually the flyers they were using to say, like, we're going to kill you if you don't get the fuck out of town, they printed that on paper. Like, obvious <laughs> fucking evidence. They're, that's how, how arrogant they were. They were like, no one's going to fucking care. We're just, we're just, oh, we're just wow. giving the... And so my dad taught all the homeless shelters how to collect that evidence and how to get all this, like, to prove that the city council was willingly assaulting homeless people and also violating federal property because... They would go live underneath uh, interstate highways, which interstate highways are technically federal property. So they're not, that's why homeless people usually live underneath those bridges, because that's a place that state police actually can't kick them out of. 
They're, mm-hmm. That's why they're allowed to be under. That's why you're like underneath like on ramps and stuff like that in places. Yeah. Especially in like southern areas where police like aren't fucking around about homelessness. They're, that's why they're usually under there is because it's federal property. That's why it's actually a oh. protection. I assumed it was mostly just for the actual shelter. Yeah, but... like privacy or something. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I assume they'd, uh, they, they, they'd probably choose like a, uh, a different shelter than a loud highway if they could yeah, potentially choose. Yeah, that's true. It, it's it's, it's yeah. strictly to, to avoid police. Like, because yeah, they're not they're not allowed to fuck with you. But in California, it's a little different because there's a law that says if your encampment has X amount of value, I think it's like two hundred dollars worth of stuff or something like that, and the police aren't allowed to move it. So that's why you'll see them uh, here in California. They'll have like uh, TVs and stuff like that in their encampment, even if they obviously don't have electricity. The point is to raise the value so that the police can't move your encampment. Um, so like, if you, that's actually why they collect a lot of those things are to give the false impression of value to, to their encampment so the police legally then can't pick your shit up and throw it away. Otherwise, the sanitation department's actually allowed to just throw your tent in the fucking trash. Um, so you have to put in enough stuff around it to make it look good. But back to the story. They, uh, my, there were nine city councilmen at the time, and uh, my dad got uh, seven of nine of them indicted for purposely like violating federal property and what they were doing. Uh, but then on, and they, they got, they lost lost their seat. They got, but they, uh, they kept appealing because also they're rich motherfuckers. And on third circuit court, the federal judge said to prove conspiracy, you need to prove that all nine knew about it. But there, but he didn't have any evidence on two of the, uh, two, of, two of the nine. That was, he had on seven of them, he had it, but two of them he couldn't prove. Right. So because uh, the third circuit court said, if you can't prove these last two, they're all free. And so all seven of them got released and got it to go. It doesn't even make sense. That's so. Well, it's, it's, uh, their, their thing was you can't prove collusion if like the whole city council itself. So you can't say the city council did it if you can't prove that all city councilmen did it. And all it took was to get to a judge high enough that was like, well, that also, I mean, if, if you think about it, that ruling would have made a big precedent to say that uh, you can individually attack people for things that they do. Uh, so you'd want the whole, uh, there is a legal reason why you might not want entire committees destroyed by corruption when you have no way to replace it or rebuild it or anything like that. Right. So th- that was his argument was like, you can't just take out a whole city council just because seven or nine. And also I don't think the guy cared too much of, you know, about what they were doing. When you're doing an appeal, you have to address the specifics. You don't address like the entire thing. It's not a it's not a retrial over and over again. You're specifically going over one or two things. And so their argument was you can't prove it because we didn't all do it. So it wasn't city council that did it. It was seven people that did it. And if seven people have these opinions, that's not that crazy. And it doesn't necessarily prove conspiracy because seven of nine people could also not like homeless or something like. So it doesn't necessarily prove some kind of you know blah blah. Either way, they all got released, and then. Uh, less than a month later, my dad's sitting in his office, and his Lincoln Town car explodes. A actual car bomb blew up on my dad's car, but it did it uh, early. Uh, like pre- either either that, or they wanted it as a warning. So it was either a warning, or it went off prematurely. And which obviously never got to talk to the guy uh, who said it <laughs> to ask. Uh, but so he's just literally sitting in his office, and suddenly his Lincoln Town car bursts into flames. And what we were, we were actually waiting for my, we were already planning to move to Atlanta, but we were waiting for my dad to pass the bar in Georgia because you have to pass state by state and he hadn't passed the bar in Georgia yet. So we were waiting on that car blows up next week. We moved to Atlanta and my, <laughs> my, right, it said, fuck it. We're not waiting for the license. And my dad then started working at a Petco selling exotic fish in, in uh, Marietta, Georgia until he passed the bar. And that was like his way of going into hiding was selling exotic fish at a pet mill <laughs> until he could practice law again. Oh my god. Oh. So crazy, right? I told you, fun. Explosions, exotic <laughs> fish. This story has everything, baby. A little bit of carp, <laughs> a little bit of carpe diem. It's pretty great. <laughs> Seize the Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> oh god. Yeah, What? how symbolic is that too, where you're like, 
oh, let's blow up the car that's named after somebody who freed the slaves. <laughs> I, mean, it's fucking, I, I, uh, I somehow don't think they were thinking about that as, as they did that. I wonder, like, if I don't know. Like, that's how how racist do the roots go ball? in Alabama? Is what I want. <laughs> Alabama. I don't trust <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. I'm gonna blow up your Fiat or whatever the hell you drive. Excuse me. I am a liberal progressive. I drive a. I sure did. I drive a Prius Prime XLE. (laughs) Is my car payment uh, so much that I want to start doing selling photos of my feet? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) No, no, if no, we learned just, anything, exotic fish. Exotic fish is where the no, money is No, we at. have to go and explain the historical irony to thieves who blow up cars. That's <laughs> Did you know this is a Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, I think we have, well, we probably have time for maybe one more quick story. Do you have another one in the chamber you want to tell us? Oh, oh yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> all right, oh, yeah, all dude. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's the good thing you, about having, you have, having a... You have five minutes. <laughs> that's the good thing about having a bunch of family members that are all dead. None of them can correct me. They all had wings. This is <laughs> like um, Okay, let's... Uh, I'm trying to think who's the one I want to do next. Um, um, let's see. I'll do one about my uh, sister, Elise. Oh, yeah. Um, so my sister, Elise, did this thing where she uh, lied constantly. Uh, so nobody, nobody ever believed her whenever she'd say anything. And she'd come in and be like, it tell me like these ridiculous stories. And you're like, yeah, 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 sure, honey. And, uh, <laughs> nobody, nobody believed her at all. Like she just didn't make any, like, you know, uh, but, um, one time, uh, she told us a story of how she saved her college professor from bleeding out due to a miscarriage in the middle of class. And it was something where you're like, yeah, sure, Elise, sure. And she was like, no, you don't understand. Uh, so apparently, she's in the middle of a class, uh, learning, I assume, and uh, <laughs> the, the te- teacher's doing that, <laughs> that, that teaching stuff. Uh, and uh, apparently like, she collapses and starts having a miscarriage in the middle. Now, now, keep in mind, I don't know how fast miscarriages could be, so I don't know if this is something that was maybe creeping up throughout the entire period or something that just happened like all at once. But uh, she collapses and is bleeding a lot of her. And all these other people in the class, like, get up and, like, are screaming and running off trying to get help. My sister uh, is the only one who stood up, ran to the front, ripped her own skirt off, used her skirt to stem the bleeding, and saved her life and and kept her alive until the uh, ambulance came. And our sister told us that. We were like, I don't know. That sounds a little... Little weird that everyone runs away, but not you, and you have to rip off your skirt and save the day. And it just sounds so full of shit. Sounds like my, a feminist episode of Matlock. Like it's very. <laughs> this sounds like the, uh, this is the Ally McBeal we all wanted. This is a <laughs> uh, single female lawyer. Uh, but, uh, so, but at her at her funeral when she died, because you know life, uh, <laughs> the, the 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 professor showed up. She was real, and she told she really did have her life saved by her that that day in that class, and she no really way! did she really did rip off her skirt and came and was like, I can't believe she's dead, but she saved my life, and I'm only here because of her, and I'm happy to speak at her funeral wow. and whatnot. And we were like, No way, no, <laughs> that was real. You fucking <laughs> she, she's here. Fuck. You ever, or, like, it's you know, an ala- like, or it's an elaborate prank that your sister orchestrated before her death, which honestly then, would have been. And then the teacher amazing. ended by going, look at them titties, and then walked away. <laughs> Actually, I was Fuck you, I almost what, spit out my water. <laughs> what, 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 what quick thing I'll try to get in real quick. I'll tell you a quick story that happened at my, uh, my grandmother's funeral. Uh, first time I'd ever seen... My extended extended family that my dad told me don't talk to them. They're 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 insane. Uh, they're all from Nashville and they're all like six foot seven and they all have blonde curly mullets. So they all look like <laughs> Brock Sampson from the Venture Brothers. And they came to my grandmother's funeral and they brought a cooler into the funeral, like <laughs> into the service. And I like 
in the middle of the fucking, uh, like, talk, you know, pastor's talking over, trying to act like he knew my grandmother. Obviously he didn't. And he's trying to do that, whatever. Suddenly in the back, I just you hear, <laughs> and you hear a beer open, and I start to turn, <laughs> and my dad grabs my head and goes, like, and redirects me forward, like, don't even look at him. Don't even fucking look at him. Because they're, like, so, like, like, it's almost like they were looking for a fight. Like, at the fucking, they brought a cooler of beer to my grandmother's funeral and started chugging a beer in the middle of the service. Like, oh, my God. So, so big and dangerous looking, everyone was like, don't even look at him. Just ignore him. If you ignore him, they can't, if you don't move, they can't see you. That's <laughs> like, uh, well, Sean, where, them. yeah. Uh, Sean, where can uh, the good people of the internet keep up with you and your <laughs> tale and your tales of yore? <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, Sean White comedy uh, in just about every handle. S e a n White comedy. Uh, there's probably a better way for me to say it than that, but that's the easiest way. To, uh, <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't choose my uh, my last name. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, didn't choose any of them to be perfectly honest. But uh, then. Uh, also, uh, the, the the legal dispute between uh, Special Thing Records and Spotify and all that is now over. So my albums are back online for there, even though Woo! all the all the ratings Yay. were completely removed, all the five stars completely destroyed, all the play Wait, counts are no gone. No way! But oh, because mine too. Business. Oh no! no. Uh, they also they did the same thing with my uh, my my uh, iTunes listing. Yeah. It had had fifteen five star ratings, then like, it got brought down and then put it back up, and now it's got a few more now on it. But I'm like. Where are my old ones? You know what I saying? This is a, this is all I have. I need my five yeah. stars. And uh, but uh, they find anything on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Target, Walmart, wherever good albums are sold. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, probably the, and also uh, for my food pop up, that's uh, the chickening truck, uh, and that's on like, Instagram and stuff like that. And uh, October second, third, and fourth, we'll be outside. Uh, at, we'll be at the Fifty uh, Sixth Avenue and North Figueroa. Hi, I'm Valerie, and my Instagram and all social media handles are at Valerie underscore Tossie. What I would like to plug is our own goddamn podcast. If you haven't, <laughs> please, we have, like, no ratings or anything because we're bad at telling people what to do, apparently. Mm. So uh, please, 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 please leave us a review, uh, like, you know, five stars, and then even if it's, like, one sentence, even if it just says, good, I, we don't care. Like, just something. Or we're going to send Sean's creepy Orson Welles <laughs> uncle uh, his ghost busy. after you. Sean. <laughs> All right, Suva. <laughs> Fucking Christ. God, Suva. I hate him so much. He oh, well, you're marrying him in like a month, so. He was holding a picture of his uncle to the camera and talking as his uncle. It was terrifying. Um... I am uh, Suba. You can find me at uh, at Suba, S-U-B-H-A-H. Sometimes it's Suba Comedy or there's an extra A on there. But go to my website, s-comedy.com. Very simple to remember, uh, s-comedy.com. You can pre-order my album Dog Show there. And yeah, follow us on all the things. But yes, please leave a review. It really helps. And uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>